Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey guys, before this episode starts, I want to talk about some pretty cool news. Oki Investigations now has its own website. It's truecrime.blog. And it is a running blog for crime stories and for this show. So if you're a true crime buff and you want to see some cool things that we gathered while researching each show, including a like timeline of events that we put together, uh, newspaper clippings, court documents, and much, much more, come check us out at truecrime.blog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special Wednesday edition of Oki Investigations. I know a lot of people are enjoying the Oklahoma history episodes, and so that's what this is going to be. This is going to be us jumping into the Oki time machine, and we are going back in time to look at Oklahoma's darker history. Now, the time frame we'll be looking at is going to be before statehood all the way up probably to the 1940s. I think anything after 1940, 19, you know, let's, let's make 1950 the cutoff. So 1950, that's going to be reserved for the other show, pretty much. It's newer. It's going to be, you know, maybe even solvable crimes uh, if they're unsolved. Uh, or stories that are a little bit more um, researchable, I would say. Most of the stories that will be featured on this Wednesday edition shows will be first-hand accounts that was recorded down by reports or newspapers or books or something like that, along those lines. Big thank you to everybody that's gone to the Facebook page. If you haven't done it yet, it's facebook.com forward slash Investigations. This last Sunday, we broke the 200-like barrier, which is awesome. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that's liked the page so far. We've had a lot of fun on there post a little bit of information about each episode and a lot of the articles and things that I find I'll be posting on there as well. So if you guys definitely want to check some of that stuff out, you want to kind of snoop into what I've been looking into, definitely check us out on Facebook. Last week we mentioned how to give a monetary donation to the show. If you'd like to do something like that, that is fine. But the best way you can support this show is if you share it with your friends Go to Facebook, go to Twitter, you can post it on there. Uh, that's, that's the best way you can support this show. But enough of the housekeeping, let's move on with today's show. Today we are stepping into the Oki time machine, and we're going back all the way to July 7th, 1932, where a woman has been found shot in her driveway. She's just barely alive, and neighbors have called the police. When the police and paramedics arrived, they knew this was not good. This woman was shot just below her heart, and she was quickly bleeding out, and she was obviously on borrowed time. As the authorities were attending to the woman, they then searched the home where they found her husband lying in their bed with his throat slashed. Authorities were able to quickly identify the two victims here, which was Miss Bobby Igo. She was 28 years old, and her husband, the man in the bed with his throat slashed, was Gilbert Igo. He was 45 years old. They were both rushed to the hospital. They were both 
just barely alive. When at the hospital, Mrs. Igo was able to get the attention of a young nurse. That nurse recorded for Miss Igo her last will and testament. She stated, I want everything to go to mother. The nurse then had her sign the note in order to make it somewhat official. After that, Miss Igo then began asking for Lewis. All of this information was relayed to the police who were currently searching the victim's home and in the bedroom where the victim was found they found a bloody knife underneath the bed where he laid and a shotgun that appeared to have been shot recently this made police wonder if this was some kind of murder suicide attempt perhaps mr igo shot mrs igo and then tried to slit his own throat so the police returned to the hospital where they found out that Miss Igo had sadly passed away, but Mr. Igo was making a full recovery, although he could not speak because his windpipe was slashed. When questioned, Mr. Igo shook his head no when they asked if he had shot his wife. When questioning friends and family about the couple, they found out that they were on their third marriage together. This was the third time they were trying to make things work. Miss Igo's mother believed that this was all just some kind of series of revenge that they had only gotten back together because Mr. Igo was planning this all along. On July 11, 1932, just days after his wife's passing, Mr. Igo was then chained to his hospital bed after he threw a violent tantrum. He was throwing things and just about everybody was afraid to approach him. They had to actually get a deputy assigned to his door to help maintain control. Now it's July 19th, 1932, and Mr. Igo is starting to regain the use of his voice. And what he's speaking is quite odd. First of all, Mr. Igo seems to be separated from reality. He just isn't accepting that his wife is dead. He keeps telling the police that people are coming into his room and they're telling him that his wife is still alive and they've seen her around town. So somehow she's gotten better and is now walking around town. So he's kind of separated himself from reality here. So they're pretty sure that there's there's something not quite right with Mr. Igo at this point. Now, according to what he says that happened is that Mrs. Igo came into the room. She had a knife and while he was sleeping, she approached and she slit his throat. Then he grabbed the shotgun and shot her. So it was kind of a self-defense thing, according to him. Now, it's safe to say the police didn't buy this story at all. The police then charge Mr. Igo with the murder of his wife. He's freely admitted that he has shot her, so they believe it was not in self-defense. So they're going to go ahead and go forward with that charge. The deputy sheriff that took him to his arraignment said to reporters that Mr. Igo had insisted his wife was not dead, and he could produce 150 people who could swear they've seen her alive since the shooting two weeks ago. He told me his wife has come part of the way from the hospital to the jail with him last week, but that the deputy sheriff guarding him made her turn back. Now, although Mr. Igo is supposedly insane at this point, he also wants to speak to the judge about the will that the wife and nurse put together real quickly. Mr. Igo took this in front of the judge and said, this can't be valid. 
they had owned a grocery store together, so Mr. Igo was being cut out of everything. And so the judge went ahead and looked at the document that was written, and it was only signed by Ms. Igo. So since there was no witness signature, the judge went ahead and said the document was not valid. Now, the judge did put a stipulation in here. He did say that Mr. Igo is entitled to half of his wife's property. Uh, his, her mother would receive the other half. The only way Mr. Igo was going to receive his half is if he was proven not guilty in this murder charge. Kind of a sad deal. This was the wife's dying wishes, and they're not being upheld here. It's kind of a kind of a rotten thing but also you can understand that sometimes a lot of this stuff needs to be set up way ahead of time and making it your dying wish is you know never guaranteed so that's never the best way of doing things in the last few years i actually got my uh, will set up and made it all official took it to an attorney and got it all done correctly i recommend it especially if you're middle age like me so um, it's definitely something to look into and you know make your final wishes known now it's no secret that the wheels of justice are slow but this is painfully so the defenses denied their insanity plea and the trial itself suffers delay after delay after delay until January of the next year they finally get a nice set court date with the help of his sister mr igo hires four defense attorneys now these attorneys don't have any kind of an easy task here they have to prove that mr igo was acting in self-defense now at the start of the trial the defense said we will prove she took a five thousand dollar policy shortly before this happened suggesting she planned on killing Mr. Igo herself. On the fatal day, they cleaned the store until nearly midnight. This was known to be true because this was witnessed by a store clerk who testified to this fact. When they finished, Igo went to bed. He was aroused from his slumber by someone cutting his throat. He always kept a shotgun by his bed for his store's protection. He pushed the figure away, grabbed the shotgun, and fired as the figure approached him again. He didn't know until later he had shot his wife. He bore her no malice and was not angry with her that day. Although we will prove that that afternoon, she told him she planned to kill him. So according to the opening statement by the defense, it looked like they were pretty much positioning themselves into the self-defense plea that Miss Igo had slit her husband's throat in order to collect that $5,000 life insurance policy they had just taken out. The prosecution didn't see it that way. They believe he shot his wife near the front of the house where she exited, and that's where she screamed for help and alerted the neighbors. Mr. Igo then went back into his room and slit his own throat. The only blood in the room was Mr. Igo's so if he shot his wife in that room, there should be some kind of a blood trail showing where Miss Igo proceeded through the house instead of just in the central part or in the, the front part of the house and then where she exited the house. 
In this case, the jury agreed. They found Mr. Igo guilty, and he was sentenced to 15 years in prison. According to the paper, whenever the jury first started deliberating, they had four members that were actually going for the death penalty. And this wasn't even asked for in this case, but they were, they were going for it. Now, Mr. Igo made it clear that he was going to appeal this decision, so the judge let him out on a $5,000 bond pending the outcome of his appeal. Mr. Igo went to Texas with his sister. That's where she lived. He was allowed to stay there pending his appeals. But by the following year, Mr. Igo decided that he was going to take his own life. He was found dead in a car with a discharged shotgun beside him. Pretty sad case here. Mr. and Mrs. Igo, who had been divorced several times uh, to each other, I mean, they would get together, they got divorced, they got together again, got divorced quickly, and then now they were once again married. Uh, probably should have just stayed away from each other, it really sounds like. The prosecutor in this case did come forward and said that this is one case that he was actually, he felt sorry for Mr. Igo, even though he did 100% believe that he deserved to be in prison for his actions. It was his belief that Miss Igo had used Mr. Igo. During their first marriage, Mr. Igo was a very wealthy man, and his wife divorced him the first time whenever he lost all that wealth. And I think that has something to do with why the prosecutor here feels sorry for him, but he also still feels like he's guilty because, come on, he shot his wife. There's no excuse for it at all. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this story of the darker side of Oklahoma history. Join us again this Sunday as we move on to part two of the story of Jennifer Janelle Gilbert, who disappeared after a football game and was found slain just 10 miles away. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way, whenever we have new episodes, you will be the first to know. And I will see you guys next time. See ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.